is to get from point A to point B quickly, prayer doesn't seem like it's the best idea. But if you realize that God wants to transform me to make me like Jesus, prayer is the place where that happens. Prayer is the place where God's word, which we love so much, goes from being concepts that we believe to being lived out realities. Prayer, prayer, Prayer. Pray for this, pray for that. I'll be praying for you. All of these things we hear about prayer. When or if you tell someone you'll pray for them, do you pray for them? If not, why not? Do you think it won't work? If any of the above applies to you, then you should stick around because Pastor Daniel's going to try to address some of these questions or thoughts with the intent of helping you to improve your prayer life. Now here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Luke, chapter 11, as he begins his message, Taught Prayer. I am so excited for this series that we're calling Into the Deep, Exploring the Heart of Prayer. One of the reasons I am so excited for this is because prayer in the life of a follower of Jesus can revolutionize everything. In any relationship, relationships grow through intimacy. Now, unfortunately, when we we think about intimacy, we almost always think about the idea of physical intimacy. But really, Relational intimacy, the simplest definition of it is communication over time. If you think about the people that you have the closest, deepest relationship with, it will always involve a lot of communication over time. Now, some relationships grow very quickly, and that almost always happens because in a short amount of time, you talk to one another a lot. I remember when God brought my bride, Lynn, into my life before she was my bride. I remember this was before the day and age of uh, unlimited minutes on your cell phone, because it was like when cell phones were still dinosaurs. And, and like, literally, we would just like be on the phone all the time, like, it, like horrible cell phone bills. Like I remember there was one time, I think we had like a $900 cell phone bill. It was nasty, but it was so worth it. I mean, now it's like, man, like, I, what, what's the big deal? But like... But again, we were getting to know one another, and so we were communicating a ton. Or there's those relationships, right? You've been together and around for so long through so many situations, and all that communication over a long period of time, now that relationship is deeper. It's more intimate. You understand one another. And for our relationship with God, that is called prayer. One of the things we love to do here at Crossroads is we love to be honest about the journey. And can we just be real about this? Prayer is challenging, isn't it? Now, I get there's a couple of you who are like, no, man, prayer is super easy, Fusco. Like, I've been praying my whole life. And then there's all the rest of us where, if I'm being honest, there are times when I pray and I feel like the words hit the ceiling. 
or I say to myself, am I just talking to myself right now? Am I the only one who thinks these thoughts sometimes when I'm praying? Or there are those times when you're praying and you're like, there's got to be a more efficient way to do this. Like, can't we just get this thing done quicker, God? There's got to be a faster way to have this happen. We see this in our weird world that we live in today. I love being alive today, but it's such a weird world that when things go on, like when a tragedy goes on, Christians say, I'm praying, and then now people on the internet are like, yeah, all you guys do is pray. That's not good for anything. Like, you need to go help. And it's like, well, actually, praying is the oxygen and the fuel that leads to actually eternal help. And like, I love being efficient like the next person. I love getting things done quickly. But really, what we have to realize is that God's purpose in prayer is not to get things done as quickly as possible. God's purpose in prayer is to transform a person to make them like Jesus, which changes more things more substantially for the longer amount of time. And so if your goal is to get from point A to point B quickly, prayer doesn't seem like it's the best idea. But if you realize that God wants to transform me to make me like Jesus, prayer is the place where that happens. Prayer is the place where God's word, which we love so much, goes from being concepts that we believe to being lived out realities. It's where our doubts are uncovered. It's where our fears are explained to us. Prayer is the place not where we get our will done in heaven, but prayer is the place where we link up hands with God to get his will done in our lives and on earth as it is in heaven. So to be honest with you, I'm so excited that today we're going to begin a journey, what we're calling into the deep, exploring the heart of God in the heart of prayer. Now, we have a goal in this. If you find yourself praying more starting today than you have in the weeks leading up to it, then it is a net win for us. We want your house to be a house of prayer. We want your life to be a house of prayer. We're calling this new year a year of becoming. And the first step is to become humble. And I made the point that we know we're becoming humble when our house becomes a house of prayer. Where pride exists, prayer doesn't. Because pride says, I got this. Prayer says, Jesus, I need you. Pride says, I can do this myself. Prayer says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Pride says, I know what I want. Prayer says, your will be done in and through my life. And so, I love the fact that as a church, we have pre-service prayer on Sundays. We have our Thursday lunchtime prayer. All of our meetings have prayer components to it. And so really the goal is not to like start another church prayer meeting. We want everyone's 
home to be a prayer chapel. We want your car to be a mobile prayer chapel. We want wherever you find yourself to be, to be a house of prayer for all nations. And that is very much what it means to mature in Jesus, to grow in Jesus. And so today we're just going to begin exploring that together. Now, I need to say this from the get-go. Just like this whole theme of Into the Deep, I love our creative arts department are just extraordinary. And I love the whole imagery of the underwater. If you've ever gone snorkeling or scuba diving, if you've ever even thought about doing that, you realize the ocean is vast and you will never see all of it. And even if you see it one day, you go back the next day, it will look different. And in the same way, there is no like one-stop shop to how to pray. It's like each day you are changing what God is teaching you is changing. And if you pray the same thing that you prayed yesterday, it will have a bunch of different things that you learn from it because you're different and God's doing different things. And so really prayer is a decision to explore everyday uncharted areas. And that's the beauty of a relationship that is growing. Let me give you an example. My bride, Lynn, and I, we've been married for 18 years, and I am still learning how to love her well. I'm learning who she is and what she needs. I'm learning how to bless her and also not annoy the snot out of her. And as we grow, even though we've been hanging out together for 18 years, there's always new things to learn, new things to experience, things that I thought I understood, but now, actually, I didn't understand it quite clearly because now I'm able to see it. And in the same way, prayer is the decision to say, I am going to live my life getting to know the God who created and sustains me, the God who loves me with an everlasting love, so much that he would send Jesus on a rescue mission to die on a cross for my sins. A God who cares about me in such a way that he would also place his spirit within me to seal me for eternity. And every day, all day, is an opportunity to learn. All of that is prayer. And so you can't think for one second that we're going to like, okay, Pastor Daniel is going to explain to me how to do this. It's like, I want to give you the freedom to explore, to learn, to try things, to experience God in fresh ways. And so in order to get this series started, I figured I want to go to the one place that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. So everyone open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. We're going to take verses 1 to 13 together. Luke 11, verses 1 to 13 Now, before I start the message, I mean, like, into the exposition portion of the message, I want to say something really quick, and that's the fact that I never use outlines for sermons that I bought from the internet, and I would definitely never use a AI to write a sermon. I know that's in the news right now. (laughs) You realize that an AI writing a sermon would be way too logical for something that I would do on a, a given Sunday, so I would never do that. But it is important. The outline that I'm preaching from here, it's actually not mine. Along the way, there's three Ps that were written in my Bible that 
I assume it was my pastor, Pastor John Henry Corcoran, that he preached on this, and I wrote these three Ps in there, and it's so good that I'm just going to preach that outline. So if you think that I'm cheating today by doing that, please forgive me. But it's just such a great outline for this. And so that, it was like literally, like it's just like written in my Bible. You can see it's like, there's just like my handwriting in there. So it's always been in there. So I'm just going to preach it and I'm going to drive it like I stole it because I did. <laughs> Amen. So it says in Luke 11, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place that when he ceased, then one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And so he said to him, when you pray, say. Now think about that for a second. In all of the gospels, you only find the disciples asking Jesus to teach them one thing. And it's right here. And it's amazing. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach or teach us how to organize church or Lord, teach us how to do X, Y, and Z. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I don't know about you, but I always wish that when I see this teacher's prayer and then Jesus explains it to them, I'm always like, man, I wish I had the flux capacitor and 1.21, you know, gigawatts. And I can go back and I could be there like, Lord, teach us how to preach. Lord, teach us how to love our enemies. Lord, like, like, I, would, I would love to get Jesus' full exposition on all of it. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus taught us pretty much everything through his death and resurrection. Right? How to love our enemies, how to, all this stuff. But I love the fact that they knew Jesus was a man of prayer. They saw him pray. They saw Jesus was out praying. He came back. He stopped praying. And they're like, hey, Lord, will you teach us how to pray the way John the Baptist taught his disciples? And Jesus says, okay, when you pray, say. And, and look at what it says in verse 2 and following. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I call this the pattern of prayer. Jesus says, when you pray, here's a pattern. Pray like this. How many of you ever heard this prayer before? A few of us. So this is what I want us to do. So I'll stand up. Come on, everyone stand up. We're going to pray this prayer together. You, nobody needs to look in your Bibles because everyone has it memorized, right? So this is what I want you I want, I want to raise your hands. And let's pray this prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, both now and forevermore. And all across those family said, amen, amen. I will sit down, sit down. Now, what's amazing is, as I grew up going to church, when I heard that, I had it memorized. Never once thought about what any of it meant. Am I the only one in that category? Like, it's memorized, it's in there, not once even thinking about what it means. Now, I realize that right now what I want to do is do like a sermon series on this prayer. And it deserves that. But just to give you some highlights about this pattern of prayer that Jesus is giving. Because Jesus is praying, Jesus is like, well, pray like this. So it's a pattern of prayer. 
What's powerful about this prayer is that it's only about 70 words, and it pretty much covers everything. I want you to notice first that it begins with God, and then it gets to us. This is a principle all through your Bible. When God gave the Ten Commandments, the first tablet of the law was all about who God is. I'm the Lord your God. have no other gods before me. Don't take my name in vain. All these different things. Right, And then it gets to the human side of it. So it always begins with God, and then it gets to who we are. When they asked us what the greatest commandment was, because they were trying to understand, hey, there's all these laws in God's word. What's the most important thing? Jesus gave them two commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Here at Crosses, what do we call this? Upward, inward, and outward. Because it always begins with God. We love God with all of our heart. It begins with God, and then it gets to us. We love our neighbor as ourselves, and then it moves outward into the world. Now, this is so important because God's ordering for how we should order our life is God's glory first, and then who God is as it relates to who we are, and then God flows through us into the world. The problem with our culture today, and it's not new to our culture, it's just amplified now, is our culture is not upward, inward, and outward. It's inward, outward, and if there's anything left over, it lands upward. So our culture as a self-centered culture begins with me and what I want and what I think. And then it starts with me, then it gets to you. And that's why everyone treats each other. Sometimes we're all right, but most of the time it's pretty lousy. And then we've just kind of recreated God in our own image. Whatever is at the top shelf, it drives everything else. So if it's self-centered first, it's selfishness that drives bad ethics, which drives messed up spiritual beliefs. And Jesus comes... In the Our Father prayer, in the Ten Commandments, in the Greatest Commandments, it says, no, no, God leads the whole thing. And who God is teaches how we see ourselves. And then God shapes us through the work of the cross as we see ourselves. And then it flows through. So it always has to be upward, inward, and outward. And that's exactly what this prayer is. Because the beginning of it is all about who God is. He's our Father. He's in heaven. His name should be revered or hallowed. And we're saying, God, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's all upward. And then it moves to us. Once those things are established, then, and Lord, give us the needs that we have, our daily bread, forgive us our sins, help us to forgive people who've hurt us, and lead us not into temptation. And so it begins with God, and then it gets to us. Now, what's also really beautiful about this is in 70 words, Jesus pretty much covers all of life. Because you have physical needs, Things like, make sure we have enough food to survive, Lord. It has our spiritual needs. Forgive us our sins. And also some of the emotional, and help us to forgive the people who have wronged us. And make sure, Lord, we're not walking in temptation. Don't miss the fact it's got the past, the present, and the future there. The present is give us this day our daily bread. The future, lead us not into temptation. Forgive us our sins. Talks about the past. See, The totality of our experience is contained in some 70 words right here. Now, what I love so much about this, in Matthew's telling of this same prayer in Matthew chapter 6, listen to what follows. So this is Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 8. It says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, for they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use 
vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Now, I love Jesus because Jesus is saying, listen, when you pray, there's some things you need to be careful of. First, make sure you don't only pray publicly. He says the problem is, is that many people want you to think they're super spiritual. So they make sure that when they pray, they're always praying publicly. And he's like, actually, for you guys, he doesn't say don't pray publicly. He's like, but your prayer life should actually happen in secret. So what that means is you cultivating a house of prayer in your own life is something that nobody should really know about unless there are people who live with you. He's saying rather than doing it outward so everyone knows that you're praying, I want you to go into a quiet place in your house, and I want you to seek me in secret. And because you're seeking me, God's like, I'm going to bless that. Now, what I want to encourage all of you is to have a quiet place in your house that you can pray. Now, for those of you, we just did baby dedication. So all of you with little kids, that's why God invented the bathroom. (laughs) Anyone who's ever raised kids know the only place you get quiet is when you're in the bathroom. Like, you're in there praying, kids are like, Mom, Dad! You're like, I'm, in, I'm using the bathroom, and they almost will always leave you alone, at least for a couple seconds. So, so linger long in the bathroom, people. But you need that quiet place. A place where nobody, it's not about anyone seeing you pray. I always get nervous when I see people who need everyone to make sure that they pray. Like, they need, they need you to know that they're praying. I'm always like, ha, ha, ha. Because it's not wrong, it's just, I want you to see how spiritual I am. And what I want to tell you is that if you're really a person of prayer, nobody will know because you're doing it in secret. And Jesus said, listen, don't do it on the street corners. Don't use vain repetition. Now, I think that's really fascinating because like we said the Our Father prayer and like I grew up in a church tradition as loosely as we grew up in it where that was something that was commonly prayed, but I never even thought about it. So we don't need to use vain repetition, but really what it is is like you don't need to use many words. Now, I think that this is really, really powerful because I think sometimes we think the longer I pray, the better. And I've always told you this, and I've been saying this a lot lately, but it's so important. You need to pray as long as it takes you to say yes to the will of God. Period. Prayer is us finding ourselves in a place where we're like, yes, Lord, your will, not mine. Your kingdom, not mine. And if that takes two seconds then I would say you've prayed long enough. Now, you can hang out there, enjoy time there, but we should pray ourselves into the yes of what God is doing. God is not impressed with our many words because Jesus is speaking perfectly. He says, listen, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. One of the things that Pastor Daniel was emphasizing today, whether you realize it or not, is honesty. Honesty with yourself, with others, and with God. This focus on honesty is really because of one of God's characteristics. Well, it's truthfulness. Not being truthful gets in the way of your relationship with God and with other people. This is why Pastor Daniel was talking so much about knowing God. That will help you in all other areas of your life. Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. 
I know God wants to do something in your life, and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus' Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue his teaching, Taught Prayer. He's going to be focusing on how God says you should be praying, not the exact words you should be using, but what your mindset and heart attitude should be when praying. You'll learn that you're going to have to face your insecurities regarding prayer, learn more about who God is, and how to trust Him more completely. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called Into the Deep. Next time, until then, may God bless.